Massive show today. Leaked emails in a lawsuit between the Biden administration and every social media giant in the entire country talking about how they censored you during the COVID pandemic and even, even held weekly meetings on this. Before we get into that, I want to remind you about the Great Reset Conference. Great Reset. Go to reset.tposa.com. The conference will be held September 16th to 17th, Phoenix, Arizona. Defeating the Great Reset. Join myself, Steve Bannon, and Charlie Kirk, and Dr. James Lindsay. Go to reset.tposa.com. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard tonight's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is September 1st, 2022, Anno Domini. Today's top headlines, new emails that have just come to us, and I've been through hundreds of pages of this, through a lawsuit out of Missouri, showed the Biden administration and social media giants were holding weekly censorship meetings on COVID. Next, a scientific journal confirms, actually, that gender-affirming hysterectomies are performed on American children. Third, Babylon Bee's Seth Dillon offering a $20,000 reward for the identity of the Boston Children's Hospital bomb threat caller. And then finally, a new study is out. Americans are taking out loans through buy now, pay later apps to purchase even groceries at a greater rate than ever before. We're getting into more debt. What does this mean? All this and more head Human Events Daily. was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story, the New York Post. Yeah, we have that too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? Basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of um, uh, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. The distribution on Facebook was decreased, but people were still allowed to share it. Basically, the ranking in newsfeed was a little bit less. So fewer people saw it than would have otherwise. So it definitely... By what percentage? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's, it's, it's meaningful. But I mean, but basically a... Um, a lot of people were still able to share it. Did they specifically say you need to be on guard about that story? I, I no, I, I don't remember if it was that specifically, but it was. It basically fit the pattern. I'm going to walk you through something that I read today prior to filming the show. So there's a new lawsuit out, and discovery has been released by the Attorney General of Missouri, Eric Schmidt, in a lawsuit versus the government versus the Department of Justice, and it specifically goes through all the communications that were held with the federal government and social media giants regarding COVID-19, vaccines, Fauci, anything to do with the pandemic. And the stuff that's been uncovered in this, the emails that I read through, this is 700 pages long. But let me tell you about the emails that I did read. Page 171. Vaccine refusal appeared in two main contexts in highly engaging posts, military refusals and consequences, often employment related for refusing the vaccine. That's page 171. They targeted the military. They targeted people who were losing their jobs over not wanting to take this vaccine. They were holding weekly meetings 
to determine what should be censored on Facebook with the U.S. government. All of this is completely illegal. All of it. There's more. Page 175. News and report. Okay, and, and so here's the caption. All right, the, the caption on this is, they were citing potential risks of high engagement from dangerous stories. What were the dangerous stories, you might ask? News and reports of severe vaccine side effects, including both first and second hand reports with users sharing photos and video related to their own experiences. Highly engaged page posts contain some news reports of bad side effects, but also included content meant to educate the public. I want to read that back again for you. They targeted news and reports of severe vaccine side effects, including first-hand and second-hand reports. Facebook was censoring people who were sharing their own stories of first-hand experiences of severe vaccine side effects. And we have the emails. Go to postmillennial.com. You can read them. We're just reading the actual emails between Facebook and and the United States government, your United States government. What were they censoring? That's what they were censoring. They're talking about getting third parties in. The Census Bureau apparently has access to some of this background, backdoor, they call it backdoor support, partner support panel, partner support panel. And they said it worked out so well with our census colleagues. One of the first emails, at Mark Zuckerberg's request, there is a group that has been organized to help generate and implement new ideas to take an offensive approach on how Facebook can assist in the global response to coronavirus. I want you to just, I want you to just feel that. These people hate you. These people hate you. They don't care if you find out what they're doing. They look at you as schlubs, as rubes, and they treat you like peasants, absolute peasants. And you need to internalize this. Ladies and gentlemen, with inflation making everything unaffordable right now, especially food, I have some good news for you. My Patriot Supply, the large, nation's largest preparedness company, has now come out with a special $250 savings on their three-month emergency food kit. That's right, $250 off. All you have to do is go to preparewithposo.com. And this is the lowest price in three years, and it won't last long. My Patriot Supply is stocked up on food when prices were low. So now they're passing the savings on to all of you. That's actually really smart. So this is what you do to beat inflation by getting prepared. So remember, this food is staying fresh for up to 25 years. It's going to be in the storage. It's going to be there when you need it the most. It's in your garage. It's in the back of your car. And by the way, over 2,000 calories per day. So if you want to get yours today, secure it. Go to preparewithposo.com. They recommend getting one kit per person in your family. And you will save, by the way, that 250 you save $250. I'm checking the notes here. Yes, you do save the $250 per kit and your order will ship fast and free. So what we've done, we're setting up the portal 
at preparewithposo.com. You go there right now. Of course, the link will be in the description, and you can secure your My Patriot Supply. Hi, I was calling um, because I'm looking for information about the gender-affirming hysterectomies that you guys offer. Am I in the right place? Um, okay. Yes. Um, this is the clinic. Did you want to make an appointment? Just out of curiosity, do you know, like, what's the youngest age you would do it on? I'm not sure, but I have seen younger kids. And I'm not, you know... I'm not allowed to say that, but I have some younger kids, like younger than your child. Get the gender-affirming hysterectomy surgery? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, okay. I really appreciate your help. Well, so Libs of TikTok was attacked, slandered mercilessly over this idea of these hospitals saying, oh, we don't do that. We don't actually do hysterectomies and gender-affirming surgeries on children and minors. Well, that's, that's silly talk. We would never do silly talk and silly things such as this. However, of course, the post-millennial has actually gone through now and done some you know, actual journalism into this. And post-millennial has the story up. Scientific journals, multiple scientific journals, actually confirm that gender-affirming hysterectomies are performed on American children. The youngest transsexual patient in the series was 15 years old and post-pubertal and has been taking testosterone for two years. Read the paper's discussion. So there's a paper in Obstetrics and Gynecology Journal. It states, a hysterectomy was performed as gender affirmation surgery in female-to-male transgender persons. It also refers to a separate case where a total laparoscopic hysterectomy was conducted for female to male transsexuals. The youngest transsexual patient in the series was 15 years old and postpubertal and had been taking testosterone for two years. I'm reading from the study. He had the appearance and carriage of a teenage male and was accompanied by both of his supportive parents for his intake examination. Uh, there's another one here. It says, Male to female, excuse me, female to male trans men ages 16 to 43 who underwent hysterectomy by a single surgeon at an academically affiliated community hospital. And this is all the way back from 2012 to 2016. And they were discussing this, the fact that now, obviously, as, as you know, of course, hysterectomies are irreversible. Of course, they are it's a sterilizing procedure that removes the female reproductive system. They have been performed by doctors on trans identified teens inside the United States. Uh, in this case, the teens, 16, 15, these are minors, no question. We also see that a medical center in Washington published research on gender-affirming hysterectomies, wherein the youngest patient in their study was 16. In 2017, Virginia Mason Medical Center in Seattle, Washington, detailed their findings in a research poster titled Hysterectomy as Gender Affirmation Surgery in Female-to-Male uh, Transgender Persons. And it's a retrospective and you can go through, you can find all the information and you can go through even more and you can find everything that's going on with these surgeries, everything that's happened. But I want to ask a simple question. I want to ask a simple question. Did we ever as a society, you know, this is sort of that Ian Malcolm quote from Jurassic Park. Did we ever step back? Did these scientists, did these doctors, the people writing these studies and conducting and, and authorizing these surgeries, did we ever step back to say that this is the right choice to make for our society? Did we ever have a time where we said, that's something that we want to allow in our community or something we don't want to allow? 
you know, that's normally the type of thing that would come up to public discussion. We'd have some, some questions about this, certainly at the state level, possibly legislation involving it. But we didn't have that. We didn't have that at all. The scientific community and the medical community simply said this needed to be done. They started offering it. People started making money off of it. So the financial wheels started turning. And these children, these minors, were getting irreversible physical surgery done to themselves without any question whatsoever from the people who live in that community. Look, where I sit from my perspective, this practice should be banned and it should be banned federally. We need to find politicians to come together. I don't care what side you are of the aisle you're on, I don't care what generation you are, etc. This should be banned at the federal level and certainly across every state. What we are very proud of now is the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. It's true in France now, mm -hmm. I mean, with the president, with the young global leader, president of uh, Argentina and so on, so that we penetrate the cabinets. I know that half of this cabinet, or even more, are for our actually young global leaders of the world. We're not going to tell you what they're saying. We're going to show you how they're saying it and exactly what the results are. And you can judge for yourself. Maybe you want further globalization. Maybe you want to see the continued erosion of our culture, our society, and the erosion of our traditional values. We take you into this following the medical, economic, financial, and yes, military implications of these new agendas and of these new programs. And we call it the Great Global Reset. Well, every orchestra needs a conductor. I would bet money, in fact, I would bet a substantial, a meaningful amount of money that whoever called in that tip is somebody who's trying to advance this narrative that we are inciting violence. I believe this was an unhinged leftist who called in that tip. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe for a second that it was like one of our followers who was inspired. This is a children's hospital where our concern is for children. Our followers' concern is for children, the well-being of children. We're not threatening hospitals. We're not trying to blow up hospitals and get people to show up there and, and plant bombs. Yeah. I, I highly, highly, highly doubt that it was anybody who's a supporter of Libs of TikTok who made this phone call. I think it was an unhinged yeah. leftist. So, huge story that's come out. Babylon B. You just heard him there, Seth Dillon. What's the controversy here? So the controversy here is that there was this children's hospital. There is a children's hospital in Boston. A bomb threat was called in a couple nights ago. It was later determined to be false. At least actually very quickly determined it was false, that it was a hoax. And we've heard, by the way, false calls of active shooters and swatting attempts going on with Marjorie Taylor Greene, the congresswoman down in Georgia three times over the course of the same week. So this false bomb threat gets called in. Seth Dillon has come forward, and I gotta say, you gotta do this. This is just amazing. He wants 
to offer $20,000 as a reward for the identity of the Boston Children's Hospital bomb threat caller. One way or another, the anonymous coward who calls in this threat needs to be exposed and face justice. And so the idea here is that whoever called this in, uh, presumably, if it was a leftist, which is what Seth is uh, presupposing there, the idea is that they did it to possibly smear or defame or get libs of TikTok even more canceled than she already is. Get her kicked off of Twitter, get her kicked off of Facebook, get her kicked off of YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. Just get her completely banned everywhere. They want to Alex Jones her, All right? But Seth Dillon, I, I love this. This is how you have to fight back. Conservatives need to learn how to fight back. You need to set the stage because even if, right, even if, the person isn't identified, even if the, the situation isn't real. I hope it is, by the way. Number one, not only because I want to see Libs of TikTok be exonerated, because, of course, she didn't do anything wrong. She reported a truthful story about what was going on at Boston Children's Hospital. We just talked about it in the last segment. But, but what he's doing now is he's resetting the frame. So the new frame is we're going to catch the caller. We're going to catch the person who did this. Why? Because now you're going on offense. You're not going to sit there in receive mode and you're not going to apologize. You notice what he's not doing. He's not apologizing. She's not apologizing for saying, oh, I'm so sorry that we reported truthful information. We're so sorry that what we did is going to cause irreparable harm. No, no, no. Do not apologize for standing up for the truth. Never apologize for doing the right thing. Never apologize for standing up. And if you see insanity somewhere in society, we always tell people, see something, say something. Well, if you see insanity somewhere in society and say, hey, I believe they're mutilating children. I believe that what they're doing is wrong. And I found out about it and I've got a platform, so I'm going to say something about it. I would say that not only do you have a choice to, to share that information, to blow that whistle, but you have a responsibility and a duty. You have a duty to share that information with everyone else. Because if you're not, then what are you doing, right? If I got that information in and I sat on it and I said, ah, it's not important. I don't feel like talking about that today. That's some heady stuff. Look, we cover, we cover some pretty crazy stuff on Human Events Daily. But I wanted to say thank you to them for doing this. We've got some emails coming in. Here's an email from Lee in Arkansas. I've been wondering what happened to the investigation to find who leaked the Supreme Court decision. Exactly, right? Where is the Supreme Court leaker? They won't do it. They said, uh, she's saying, my suspicious mind thinks it has been swept under the rug. Send us your emails, liberty at tpusa.com. I wonder if the Supreme Court, at least the law clerks, also had some operatives in there. What are your thoughts on that? I agree. I just, I, I agree. I completely agree. You know, I go through them myself, by the way. So liberty at tpusa.com. You can see them. You'll come for me. Got people asking me for jobs in here. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta you know, show, send me your reel. Put it that way. You want to come work for human events? Send me your reel. We'll see. We'll talk.
Not only has Joe Biden declared war on the energy sector, frankly, Sean, he's declared war on the American family. Every single thing this man and his administration touch, they absolutely destroy. It's no surprise that his numbers are in the tank because American families are hurting. They're hurting when they go to the gas pump, when they go to the grocery store, and now he wants to kick them in the teeth with another huge bailout by the government. It's, sim it's absolute socialism, plain and simple. Uh, the great Sarah Huckabee Sanders there. But, in, you know, I, I look at this and we have a new study and Post Millennial's got the story up and it says Americans are taking out more loans than ever through buy now, pay later, pay later apps to even to purchase groceries. And I know we talked about this a couple of months ago when I looked at the rise of this and I said, here's what's going to happen. You are going to get more and more people in debt because of these things. So Zip reported, a, which is a, a service that allows you to do this, a 95% rise in the purchase of groceries using their service in the United States with restaurant bills up 64%. Apps that allow the purchaser to and users to buy now and pay later have surged in popularity in recent years, with more and more retailers supporting the option. While the service remains popular for big purchases, with the purchase of goods continuing to go up, many Americans are now opting to use it to purchase essentials. Well, one of the major players uh, just reported this massive increase. So there's all and other retailers that support this. This is Costco, DoorDash, Safeway, even Starbucks are getting in on this. Now you can buy your groceries or a pumpkin spice latte with just 25% down. And the remaining 75% will be split into four payments. Customers are given the opportunity to split the cost of a purchase over a number of weeks or months, often with no interest. However, as with a credit card, it's easy to swipe only to realize that when it comes time to pay, you don't have enough money in your account. According to Credit Karma, one third of the users of these reported that they had fallen behind on at least one payment, and that's where they get you. You fall behind on one of these, then boom, this is gonna impact your credit score, it's gonna impact your interest rate, it's gonna go way, way up. You're putting pumpkin spice lattes on layaway now? You're putting groceries on, and look, all right, I, I don't want to come down too hard because I get it. We are in a recession. We just are. It's tough for people. It's so tough that people are sending work applications to liberty at tpusa.com. But if people are hurting out there, it's not easy. They want to find ways to be able to make ends meet. That's the fault of our leaders. That's the fault of the people that we put in charge that are absolutely. You got a whole city over in Mississippi don't have drinking water. You don't have drinking water in a city in the United States in the 21st century. I'm not talking about, you know, the Donbass or, or, you know, Central Africa or something like that. No, 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 no. The United States of America. What are we doing as a country? We're telling people that, hey, it's a great idea. Just go ahead and get more into debt. Do more and more of this so that you'll always be beholden to paying this off. Okay, go listen to a little bit of Dave Ramsey when it comes to this stuff. I believe in personal financial responsibility. Now, there are ways that you can get loans and use that to work for yourself, and I totally get that, and I respect it. But I'm talking about for everyday people, you really need to be careful with your finances. You can't dig into this stuff. And by the way, the reason they don't teach you financial literacy is because they want you to be a perpetual debt slave for the rest of your life. Why? Because you're easier to control.
And that's all the time we have here, Human Events Daily. Remember, as always, I promise our oath, our solemn vow to you, be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us, share this out with one, just one of your normal friends, and then leave us your five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you download fine podcasts. What do we talk about today? New emails show the Biden admin and social media giants held weekly censorship meetings. Next up, a scientific journal confirms that gender-affirming hysterectomies are being performed on American school children. Third, the Babylon Bee's Seth Dillon offering a $20,000 reward for the identity of the Boston Children's Hospital bomb threat caller. And finally, Americans now are taking out more loans than ever through buy now, pay later apps to purchase even basic essentials like groceries, like groceries. Folks, times are tough. I get it. It's rough out there. But we've been through rough before. We as a country and we as a society and we as a world have been through rougher times and we've always succeeded. Support people locally. Practice local nationalism. Just go help out the local independent businesses in your area, the shops, the restaurants. Do the right thing. But before we go, I want to mention today's history break. On this day, September 1st, 1939, at 5.30 in the morning, the armies of Nazi Germany invaded Poland and World War II began in Europe. So, as somebody from a Polish family, I can't even begin to tell you what, what today means for, for us, but understand, as horrible as that day was, and when we were in Poland back in May, we visited the actual spot, Westerplatte, outside of Gdansk where the first shots were fired. Poland is still there, and so too will we be. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.